afternoon and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Our podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by MyZone and Fitness On Demand. And again, I'm excited about the podcast today. Today, I'm speaking to Mark Williamson. Mark has more than 20 years experience in market research and he's the co-founder of Club Intel. I'm very impressed with the 20 years of research. I think that that's just absolutely incredible. Now, Club Intel is a is member and brand insights firm that is focused on helping businesses within the club industry understand, appreciate, and leverage the needs, wants, and personal journeys of employees and members. Now, the reason that I asked Mark to jump on to the podcast today was basically because I was reading some research that they just launched in the last couple of weeks to obviously uh, across the internet, to club owners and to consumers. So what I want today is to Mark, for Mark to go over all of that research, and it's all about Gen Z, also known as the Zoomers, which I actually didn't know until I read your research, Mark. So welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm glad that uh, you're excited to be on here. So let's get stuck straight into it. Please tell everybody, first of all, uh, what was involved in the research? Why did you do the research? And why is it about Generation Z? Well, it's sort of interesting. We um, actually, for the past three years, we've been doing research. Um, it's been sponsored by AC, ABC Fitness. And we have been doing consumer research here in the U.S. about fitness consumers. And so this is our third wave to reach out to consumers. So we have data that's you know pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and post-pandemic. And this is our, our first stab at the post-pandemic research. And in the research, we talked to... Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Rex Roundtables. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, we talked to them and asked them, you know, uh, as an operator, what do you want to know from the fitness consumer these days? And so we reached out to a little over 2,000 fitness consumers here in the U.S. And among them, we talked about a whole litany of, of, of objectives, if you will. And really what we want to understand is, you know, given the economy and where we're going um, with inflation and economic headwinds, how are they going to brave through that? And what's important to them in terms of driving value in our clubs? And then competitively, when we talk about what we're competing against in terms of share of wallet, think about all the things that are out there that are spending their discretionary income on, how important is it to, to keep our gym memberships? Um, so we look, we're looking at how do we create value and um, what is it that they're looking for in that experience and how, how, how important is the gym membership? So in all of that, there's several bodies of work that we've come out with. The first one we presented at URSA, and it was truly looking at the values that people are looking for in their gym membership. Um, this is our second release of data, which is profiling the Gen Z. And at URSA, it was sort of interesting. Um, it seems like every presentation I went to, you'll, you'll, you, we heard rumor and discussion in and around Gen Z and how important they are. They're coming up through, you know, the pipeline, if you will, of our business right now. So they're the 18 to 24 year olds, born in 97 to 2012, and so those 18 to 24 year olds are just now maturing into that point where they're starting to come to our clubs. So we want to know and want to understand what was important to them as specifically relative to everybody else. Um, so they have a very, they're a very unique um, cohort of individuals. And as they're coming through the system, it's important that we understand who they are, what their needs are, what they value. 
Now, Mark, when I was reading through the research, it said that they have a disposable income globally of $360 billion. Like that's an incredible amount of money for one, one yeah. generation. One generation. And I, I think that speaks volumes to how important and relevant they are in terms of consumerism, right? So we think about, you know, th that level of spend that's sitting out there. Um, what we want to be able to do is make sure we're positioning ourselves as, as health club operators to attract them. And so understanding, you know, their values and what's important to them um, is going to help us give us the legs up when we are competing against all the uh, other options they have in terms of spending that money. So let's let's talk about that that age bracket. So we said eighteen to twenty four. All right. So can we break that down in terms of um, single, married, um, culture? What do you, what are you seeing there? Is there a higher percentage of one versus the other? Yeah, I mean, if you think about go back to when we were all eighteen to twenty four year old, right? Um, there's a lot of singles out there. So consequently, you're seeing about probably about 60% of these individuals right now are considered single. And um, <clears throat> consequently, you know, you think about that life stage, uh, being single, just starting out, you know, in a career and or you're still in school. So there's a, a, a heavy propensity of these individuals that are still in college right now. So that income level, if you'll think about it, is, is skews to the lower end. Um, so consequently, the dollars that they do have, it's very important to, um, to them to make sure that they're spending it on what they really find of value, right? So income to them is they haven't started and kicked off their careers yet. Uh, to a point where they're, you know, making, you know, the six figures that a lot of people like to have these days just to make ends meet. Um, so consequently, yeah, so consequently, we're looking at uh, lower income, single individuals, um, but consequently, they do enjoy being in groups and with other people. So in terms of working out and what they're looking to do, um, it's it's compelling for me to see that there's um there's a profile that we use where we ask them basically if if you know a fitness profile so are they you know what we call a wellness lover um are they like a routine individual um are they explorers or they're just somebody that's looking to work out you know come in and work out you know they have a, a an event in their life and they want to lose some weight a wedding or go to the beach or on a vacation um it's interesting that the the um, Gen Zs, they really skew heavily to this explorer compared to everybody else. And so consequently, um, they're a bit promiscuous, right? So they like to go out there and dip their toe into things that are new yeah. and exciting. Um, they don't necessarily want to be a member of just a club, but they want to have the option of doing multiple clubs and multiple um, uh, workout types. So they might do, be doing yoga one day at one club and going for their strength training at another. Um, so consequently, you have a, a group of individuals sitting out there that have a wide range of interest and needs. And so consequently, you know, as a operator, we can't just be placating to one need, one value proposition. We have to sort of expand our thinking here and expand our value proposition to ensure that we're addressing those needs. So would you say that this generation is very much about challenging the status quo? Uh, absolutely. I mean, one of the, they've got, you know, very specific values and like things like social justice. Um, you think about that. Um, they are challenging the status quo. They're going out there and they're fighting for rights and for 
um, individuality and people having um, uh, a say in the world right now. So those 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 values that they have that, are, that that run deep in them, diversity, inclusivity, social justice, and activism, um, individuality, self-expression. Um, they're big in, in terms of being entrepreneurs and innovators. Um, they enjoy what we call, you know, work-life balance. We always talk about work-life work -life balance, but to them, <clears throat> that's very important that they have that flexibility to do what they want to do. That relates back into our clubs, you know, in terms of how we relate to them, we're going to have to be able to address these values that are important to them. Do you think that if club owners uh, don't support their values, that it could become a negative, have a negative impact for club owners where this generation will say, well, you know, that club isn't inclusive, uh, that club's not about sustainability. Do you think that them as consumers look at this before they actually walk into a club to join a club? You know, they do a lot of research online. So that transparency and those connecting to those values, they will search out businesses that actually address those values. So absolutely, if we're not on board um, with this new wave of thinking, um, and you know, it's it's prevalent across all businesses and how we address these these values. So if you're not going to address the values and and you have a very different value proposition where you don't want to address those values, um, either through social content. Um, through your brand story, um, or just blatantly saying it, um, it will they it will be a, have a negative impact on their interest and motivation to join and use your club. So, what sort of social media posts are they looking for? Are they preferring to go to the short video reels? Uh, are they preferring the static pic with the text? What what are they searching for? And how I have to ask you this question: How long is their attention span? <laughs> uh, it can be very short. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to get in and get out, right? So they want they want that information to be transparent and available. And quite honestly, YouTube is one of the um, most sought after tools that they use, platforms that they use for learning. So consequently. Um, a lot of my clients that I work with, I'm like, you need to have a presence on, you know, multiple platforms, but YouTube is where they'll, they'll do their searches to learn about different brands, learn about your offerings. Um, so if you have, you know, if you want to become like, you know, the subject matter expert in your community and you don't have a presence, you're going to have one because that's where they're going to first. So YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok here in the U.S., are the prevalent um, tools that they're using. It's interesting because um, as a club owner, we don't really have TikTok and we really don't have Snapchat, but we do have a high demographic in that uh, particular age group. Um, I find when they, it's really interesting because they talk about how they want to have a lot of social interaction and they want to feel welcomed within clubs. But the issue I have is when they walk into the club and when they leave the club, they're wearing their headphones, and it's very hard for those on the reception desk, unless they jump out in front of them and say, hi and bye, it's very hard to engage with them. What are some of the other ways that, to say club owners like myself who aren't really into TikTok and Snapchat, what are the other ways that we can engage with them? Well, if, if you don't have Snapchat and TikTok, I mean, there is YouTube and there's Instagram, right? Yeah. And so 
YouTube is the number one tool that they use for research and to learn things. So you can have a presence on that. And it can be as simple as, I mean, I have clients that have shot profile videos of their personal trainers. Um, they want to have um, access to their trainers. They want to be able to trust the trainers, right? So there, there's there's things you can do from that perspective. But internally in the club, to your point, coming in with their headphones on, basically it says, leave me alone. Yep. <laughs> be isolated. <laughs> Um, the reality is a lot of them, there's, there's opportunities to create programming in and around um, events that include other people, right? So you have your challenges, there's group X, there's small group X that they like to do. Um, they do like community or communal sports. So things like if you have a basketball court, are you programming for basketball teams and stuff, outdoor sports, you can get them outdoors, indoor outdoors is, you know, a big, big trend these days, people want they want to be in touch with Mother Nature again post-pandemic. Yep. So constantly what we're doing to create group events and challenges that would help them to connect with other people, to socialize and be social. So although they're coming in with that headphone on, they like working out one-on-one, -on -one, quite honestly. Um, but they do enjoy the other events with people as well to socialize. I wouldn't say that they're standoffish. Um, but I think they're very focused when they come into our clubs. They've got the headphones on. It is a cue to us to leave them alone. But beyond that, they they do enjoy you know the community aspect of of working out. So let's talk about what happens within the club. So this generation comes to us um, to purchase memberships. What are we seeing that's occurring the most? Are they the type of generation that want? look, I just want something week to week. I want to cancel whenever I like, or do they want to be fixed in at a cheaper rate for a longer term? What What are you seeing globally that this generation is preferring to purchase as a membership when they walk into clubs? It's interesting. Um, <clears throat> it, it runs the gamut. I'll tell you the truth. Um, there is interest in having short-term memberships, long-term memberships, um, transparency in terms of how I want to get out, you can get out of your membership. I know there are several clubs here in, in the U.S. that are going down that road of there is no commitment, you know, there's no initiation fee. Um, you can get in and get out if you want, whenever you want. So flexibility, that value of flexibility is big to them. So consequently, <clears throat> we're seeing, you know, options, having options in terms of membership. It's not just one way or the other. It is having the flexibility and the options and being transparent with it. And something else I found very interesting is because they do a lot of research and they are online, um, they are the first generation that basically were born with the internet, right? Yep. And uh, yep, so consequently, they're online a lot and they're doing a lot of online research. And as a club or a brand, um, and if you don't have an online presence, a nice website with the option of doing membership online, you're missing people, yep. right? You're missing opportunities to matriculate membership. So consequently, <clears throat> that's that's a big opportunity for a lot of people. I know there's been a lot of operators who have been resistant to um, uh, signing people up online because they want that face-to-face -face interaction to come through the sales process, but that's not necessarily what they want. Um, so transparency in terms of membership and um, the the um, uh, the programming that goes along with it, that transparency is very important. And the other thing is important to them is they um, love using all the options for payment, um, Venmo, yeah. debit cards, you know, and if you don't have the capability to, to run cards um, and use these different um, uh 
funding options, then you're also missing out on an opportunity. So all those new tools that we have to make payments, they're on board with that. That's primarily what they like to use. Yeah, I mean, with in terms of the online memberships, we've had that since the very first week that we ever opened nearly 20 years ago. And I highly recommend it to all club owners, have your memberships available to purchase online. Because when you don't do that, though you think, oh no, if I don't give them that information, they'll come into the club. Well, you know, they might actually condition themselves by the look of your website and you've missed out on an inquiry. So sometimes giving them too much information is better than not giving them enough. That that's yeah. that's worked really, really well for us. In regards to the payments, um, here in Australia, we have Afterpay and Afterpay has been a great success for our business. That generation loves Afterpay. They don't mind paying it off. So if you can offer that on your website and in club, I definitely recommend that. And, you know, it's interesting because I'm not sure how you guys do it in the States, but here in Australia, uh, clubs that do have contracts have them set up two ways. So, you know, the client signs up, and if they want to get out of the contract early, they've either got to pay out the balance of the contract or they mm -hmm. have an exit fee. We find that all ages, irrespective of the sex and the age, they're happy to sign a contract when there's an exit fee because when they sign up, they know that to get out early, it's going to cost them $150 or $250 as opposed to being told, hey, you've got to pay for six months membership upfront that you're not going to utilize because you want to get out of it earlier. So my advice for club owners here is definitely after pay, have your memberships online and have an exit fee as opposed to pay out the balance. Um, Mark, so we've talked about signing the people up at the front desk. Let's talk about what are they doing in clubs? What are they preferring to do? Group fitness classes, preferring to work out on their own? Is it gym equipment? Is it uh, strength training? What's happening? What does your research tell us? Well, it's interesting. Um, the, the majority of these individuals love to work out on their own. Um, so consequently, even when I'm in the gym and I'm observing the younger groups down there, they, um, they're out there with their headphones on and independently working out. And a lot of them you'll see with an app in their hands working along, you know, they've got their, their online coach and training. So they're big in using their apps. Um, and so consequently, a lot of gyms and clubs do not have apps. Yeah. So in the online coaches and stuff. So if you could, you know, brand an app, white label an app and brand it. Uh, that gives them coaching, gives them nutritional advice, gives them, you know, the whole spirituality. They they love, um, the majority of these folks are actually what we call, you know, the um, the wellness lovers. And the wellness lovers are the folks that are more into um, uh, the holistic perspective of working out. So consequently, it's, it's not about coming in and jumping on a treadmill or doing your strength training, but it's also give me yoga and give me meditation classes. Um, give me things that feed my mind and feed my body. They're into nutrition. So it's that holistic perspective. And, you know, a lot of clubs I know that I go to don't have nutritional training, don't have dietitians. Um, so there's a piece of the, the um, regimen that they're looking for that we're missing out on. Um, so it is with them, it is that holistic perspective. Um, I can't tell you they just go in and specifically do strength training or just cardio they do it all right and we need to be placating to all of it that holistic perspective of working out 
Um, a lot of them love um, group exercise classes. Uh, and there's that social component. I mentioned, you know, the communal sports. So the basketball, the volleyball, um, all those things that we could be using our gym for, the gymnasium for, um, if you have one. Um, so there's there's opportunity to to think more broadly versus just like, you know, very narrowly in terms of how they're working out and how they're using their gyms. My gym, I mean, my observation of one is I see them playing basketball, you know, small teams playing basketball. They schedule this stuff regularly. I see them on the floor. It might be uh, a guy and a, a buddy or two girls, the girlfriends hanging out, you know, working out together. So they do have support that they're using. And um, consequently, they do personal training. So that's another thing that is big for them is this personal training and small group training. Um, and our data it supports that. And um, so consequently, one thing that they're looking for is being able to trust the trainers. So our trainers need to be um, very well versed in kinesiology, the body, working out and helping to guide them. They're also looking for um, opportunities for us to help um, with apps and things to move their, their hit the, help them hit their goals, right? So a lot of them have very specific goals about what they're trying to accomplish. And they're looking to us to help move them along, move them forward with, with uh, reaching those goals. Um, the other thing that is really interesting to me um, that they, they, they find a value is the aesthetics of the club. Um, so when they come into the gym, um, is it upbeat? Is it motivating? Um, they're looking for that. I know a lot of them are putting on their headphones to find that motivation in their music. Um, but are we providing that as well? So it's it's um, looking at not just what they're doing on the floor, but what surroundings are we creating? What environment are we creating that creates that theater, if you will, the theater of working out? Um, what are we doing to help encourage that, to motivate that, to make them feel as good about the experience as they are about their workout? What do you think um, a Gen Z club should look like aesthetically on the inside? I, I've seen everything. I mean, there's, there's. Um, I'm talking about theater. You know, how do you create theater around the workout? There are a lot of clubs that are moving that direction of creating like a club environment, like a dance club, a nightclub environment. Um, and they pack them in with Gen Zs. Um, I don't know if you know the John Reed clubs, um, but we've got one in Dallas that just recently opened up, I think the past year. I went by there and it has the lighting, the sounds, sexy music going on in the background. They have a DJ spinning. Um, they've got amazing architecture um, and it's, it flows with different lighting depending on you know where you are in the club. Um, the the, the I would say it's very Instagrammable. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's got that vibe where you can just sit there and take pictures of yourself and post all day long. And they were doing that. But this particular club has packed the Gen Z in there. They know what they're doing. They're addressing those needs. So they've created a nightclub environment. I'm not suggesting that's for everybody, um, but it is, it is one example of sort of a, a departure from the typical that is really attracting the Gen Z. It's really interesting that you say that about the lighting because I feel during the day our club 
is for one generation and then come four o'clock it's about the flashing lights in the group fitness room and the music pumping in our functional zone and it's almost like it's the opposite club once we we hit five o'clock so it's very interesting that you said that just taking a step back to when you spoke about clubs are perhaps white labeling you know app are there any companies that you could recommend to club owners to look at if they were looking at getting an app for their club? Well, I'm going to, it sounds a bit gratuitous, but ABC Fitness um, is, is a client of mine and they actually sponsored this research, but they have all kinds of apps through the Trainerize app. I don't know if you've looked at that. Yes, I have. Um, yep. Yeah. And it, it gives you that opportunity to go in there and white label it and brand it for yourself or just use it generically, right? Um, but you can load in your own video. Um, so there's there's opportunity to expand upon what they're currently delivering um, to customize it and make it more about your your own brand. Um, so yeah, there's there's several out there that do that. Mind body, I believe, has one as well that you could um, customize to your brand. Um, so there's several in the US that I know of that are that are doing that and doing it very well. I was uh a member of a, a boutique hit club and they use the trainerize app and the owner has gone in there and created um, very specific video workouts right so if you are doing a specific hit training session each of the different stations he's got a video set up for it and shows you the proper technique and all that stuff, which is really great. And it walks you through it. So if you want to learn, um, it's sitting up there and doing it. In addition to that, there's nutrition on there. There's, so there's, you know, you load in your, your food calorie counts, what you're eating, and they can monitor that for you. Um, <clears throat> My zone was attached to it as well. So, you know, one of your sponsors. Um, so it tracks, you know, all, all your calorie, your burns, your workouts through my zone. Um, so it's, you know, a very well integrated system that, um, you know, as, as these Gen Z's are coming through, instead of using their phone and going to YouTube for the workout, why not direct them to our brand and let yeah. them work out through that? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Uh, I think white labeling and having an app, you know, within your within your club that's under your own brand, it it's I think it gives you a higher retention opportunity as opposed to them, you know, being exposed to something that's happening happening without you know outside of your club and then perhaps losing them as a client. Um, Mark. You've done so much research, you know, over the years. I'm constantly seeing you, you know, launch something up there brand new. What fascinates you the most in our industry across all demographics? I don't know if it's a positive or a negative, but <laughs> <laughs> what fascinate, fascinates me the most is that there are there are definitive trends that are impacting our, our industry. And my concern is that we're not listening to those trends and we're not building or innovating to those trends. So it's one thing to stick your head in the mud and do the same thing over and over and over. Meanwhile, we have access to clear-cut data and trends that we are supporting right now. We're providing this input. And as an operator, I think operators should be all over this information and figuring out how to innovate and create the space, if you will, um, using this data. Um, it's no different than looking at, you know, several years ago at Club Intel, we were tracking trends across the, around the world, global trends, and technology was bubbling up as being a huge opportunity for us. Yet 
operators, I mean, we were talking operators, we were, we were measuring their usage of technology and it was so low and it was compelling to us to think it's like technology has been around for a long time. <laughs> you know, why are we so late to the game in terms of using and accessing and leveraging technology? Um, so, you know, Brian O'Rourke has, you know, the, the fit tech group. And um, so you, ha you have teams of individuals out there that are really focused on technology and the uses of it and how that would play out in our world in the health club industry. And so constantly, I think you have opportunity to reach out to those folks, gain access to what their, their research is in around technology and deploy this and take it in baby steps. It's going back to strategic planning. Um, if you think about strategic planning, it's not just, you know, what am I going to do today? But it's what am I going to do the next three to five years of my business? How am I going to grow it? And as we see these trends emerge, how are you using these trends in your strategic plan to make sure that you're addressing these down the road? It doesn't have to be today, but it does have to be eventual or competitively, you're going to lose competitive, competitive differentiation, right? As these other brands are tackling and using and deploying technology, um, you need to be doing the same or you're going to be left behind. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Mark. I, the research is there for people to read. It's free. It's not like you have to, you know, you have to pay for it. You don't have to put into place everything that you read within the research. You can pick what you think you can uh, implement into your club or make some changes. And if you're not that person to do that, then perhaps delegate it to somebody else within the club, like sustainability. Uh, I'm all for it. I totally understand it, but I'm not the person to implement it into the club. So therefore I've delegated that role to somebody else who's passionate about the you know, you yeah. know and I know that they'll do a, a better job than what I do. And I talk to, like you, I talk to club owners all of the time. And it's almost like a fear to implement something new into the club because they feel that members are going to leave in droves. And, and that's not necessarily the case. Often when we implement something new, we actually get more foot traffic through the door. Yeah, what, what I find compelling is we don't have to do it all today. Yeah. But... If you set up a plan, you know, let's say over the, the course of the next two years and slowly, gradually implementing these, these tools, then at some point you're going to be to a point where you've got a full complement of technology that's working for you. And to your point, it might not be for everybody. Um, everything is not for everybody. But given your brand and your value proposition and your, your consumer base, what are you doing to address those needs? So consequently, to your point, we have all this research sitting out here and it's cut across, you know, all the different generations, um, all the different types of clubs sitting out there um, to help you evolve your club and to innovate your, your offerings. So, you know, take it, you know, spoonful at a time. <laughs> Totally, totally agree. Now, Mark, you consult to club owners and you do do that on a, a global capacity also. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you and they wanted to talk about perhaps doing some research on, you know, perhaps their club or perhaps they just want to consult with you and get some ideas, where's the best place for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, email is usually the best. And so the email address is mark, M-A-R-K, dot Williamson at clubintelusa.com. 
Um, and then, you know, our website is clubintelusa.com and you can always jump on there and check out our offerings. We have a lot of white papers we've written in the past. Um, all the reports that you're, that we're talking about today that we've been publishing are online free for download. Um, so, and then if you want to like set, set up for email, we have a subscriber list and we publish a lot of reports through our email as well. Well, Mark, I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting to you today about Gen Z. Perhaps next time we need to uh, perhaps chat about the baby boomers. <laughs> that could be <laughs> that could be our next yeah. discussion because um, that's a market that is most definitely not being tapped into at its full capacity, and they are out there spending and they are very, very. Um, keen to look after their health, both, you know, internally and externally. And I think that that would be a great conversation for us to have next time. Yeah. So um, there is, there, we have a lot of data on boomers as well. So <laughs> I could actually create a separate report just for that conversation. <laughs> that would be fantastic because I do speak to other club owners who are like, how do we get these people into our club? And it's almost to the point now where I feel that every week we should be reading a paper on each generation that's coming yeah, yeah. you know, even, even the younger generation, because what I'm also seeing in clubs is, the amount of parents that want to join their 11, 12 and 13 year old kids up, you know, to the clubs. And so what we need to find out is what do we need to do to provide these guys with a service and why is this happening? So I think that would make for great conversation down the track. Absolutely. So coming up, just a preview of, the, of two reports that we're getting ready to release the next couple of months. One is on the, the evolved definition of wellness. Okay. So we have um, done a lot of research in around wellness and what that means today. And I, I hinted to, to a little bit of this with the Gen Z, that's more holistic an approach versus it's not just physical fitness, but it, it, it involves spirituality, nutrition, um, mental health wellness. So you've got four strong pillars that we're looking at, we, were, we will be reporting out. And the other one is addressing community. How do we create community within our clubs? Um, so look for those reports coming out in the next couple of months. I certainly will. And just something to think about. And uh, I'd love to see this pop up in your next report. We talked about the headphone scenario, leave me alone. What I would like to know is, has anybody done any research into the wearing the headphones? Is that actually playing a role in the negative aspect of a person's mental health? Because it's pulling back on their social interaction within the club. So how do we get these headphones off? That's oh. what I want to know. That's well, what I want to know. <laughs> when I take mine out, I'll let you know. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mark, thank you for joining us today on the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast, proudly supported and sponsored by MyZone and Fitness On Demand. I'll drop Mark's details in the bottom of our podcast. And most certainly, Mark and I will be catching up in the weeks to come. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate it.